What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Thursday, June 25th. I'm Akila Hughes. And I'm Gideon Resnick, and this is What a Day, where we've now done almost as many episodes in quarantine as we did in the studio. Yeah, and to celebrate, we're going to stay in quarantine. Yeah. (laughs) More of the same from us, to be honest. It's the safer choice. <laughs> on today's show, Congress takes one step forward and one step back on police reform, then some headlines. But first, the latest. On Wednesday, the country hit its single-day high in new confirmed coronavirus cases since the start of this entire pandemic. That's according to tracking from The Washington Post. More than 36,000 cases were reported. The prior high was in late April, so it certainly seems like the country is regressing, at least in some states like California, Texas, Arizona, and Florida. So we know that these cases are climbing. And we know that public health officials always said that reopenings would lead to more cases. But now that we are here, are we getting any actual policy responses? That would be logical, right? Um, Well, mostly we're seeing a mix of responses, and it kind of seems like at some point reality is going to catch up with the people who are making these decisions here. Mm -hmm. For instance, Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott, who has had incredibly confusing messaging on all of this, is now actually talking about potential local restrictions in the state as hospitals are concerned about the surge they're seeing. More locally, Houston Mayor Sylvester Turner said the city's ICUs are filled to 97% capacity uh, with COVID-19 patients accounting for more than a quarter in intensive care. Then in Florida, Republican Governor Ron DeSantis didn't make a policy change, but encouraged people to avoid crowds, areas with bad ventilation, and close contact with other people. Then other governs, notably Democratic governors, uh, took tougher stances. In Washington state, Governor Jay Inslee is saying that masks are going to be mandatory in public statewide. California already had that policy. North Carolina's governor is also introducing a mask mandate and pausing further reopening. But what's becoming kind of the trend are just local jurisdictions within states making their own calls, sometimes absent state leadership and, of course, with no national leadership. And sometimes it's being dictated by local businesses, too, who have to make the difficult decision to close again, given the spread in their areas. So time's going to kind of tell if more states end up making more restrictive choices and whether or not people would actually adhere to them. Yeah. And it is kind of ironic that these northern states, which had awful outbreaks earlier in the year, are now in a way better position. And, you know, they're trying to protect it while everybody else is just shit in the bed. That's right. So New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said that individuals traveling from harder hit states are going to have to quarantine for two weeks when they get to New York. The initial states that are deemed high risk in that include Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Florida, North and South Carolina, Texas, Utah and Washington state. And there's a penalty that could be imposed of up to $10,000 if you break the rules. So Mm -hmm. do not break them. New Jersey and Connecticut are also part of the arrangement, which is, like you said, a pretty crazy turnaround since late March when it was Florida telling New Yorkers to quarantine as people fled the city there. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious that the virus is sticking around and places are just going to have to be ready to contain it. Or they can keep ignoring it and things can just keep getting worse, but they really should try to contain it. You know, what do we know about how that's actually working out in other countries? 
Yeah, there's a general agreement from everyone that they don't want to go back into lockdowns that further damage the economy and affect workers. So places have been trying these sort of localized containment measures. So you look at South Korea, they prepared the public for the long haul here, and that's gone a long way to having a public that trusts the government and is willing to engage. They set a target of 50 new cases max per day, which I think is the amount that they can actually trace and contain. But the second that things seem out of control, like that recent outbreak at bars in Seoul, they act. They made people wear masks on public transportation and close public facilities for two weeks. And they've been adapting throughout the process. Per the New York Times, their companies are having people sit in zigzags, for instance, because apparently that's supposed to be good. There are strange rules like the discouragement of singing in public places. That one should stick around even after all of this is how I feel. (laughs) Fully agree, fully endorse. Mm -hmm. And they even told people to wear two kinds of masks in the summer, one that is a typical surgical mask and another that is like an N95, which lets fewer particles in for more crowded areas. Mm -hmm. And we talked about Germany in the context of meat processing plants on yesterday's show. They also have similar rules when things seem to spiral out of control, like a rule they have in place that areas that register more than 50 new infections per 100,000 people within seven days have to curb it with some kind of mass testing or localized quarantine. So no place is going to have this quite figured out. But even for the countries that seem to have, quote unquote, beaten COVID-19, they're having to be flexible and come up with ways to deal with this. And I think there's something to be learned there, especially if this is all successful. The targeted approach is certainly better than doing nothing. That's right. Moving on, though, let's talk about where things stand on policing. There are two dueling bills in Congress, one in the House from Democrats and one in the Senate that's written by Republicans. And yesterday, Democrats blocked that Senate bill saying it was a non-starter. Yeah. So for those of us on the Internet, it's a pretty familiar experience watching people conflate what Democrats in the Senate are doing with what the Republicans are trying to do. But today we're going to deal in facts. So here's what happened. Yesterday, Senate Democrats blocked Republicans from taking up their policing bill, calling the legislation, quote, flawed. The GOP bill would collect data on police practices, establish new training programs, increase body cams, things that just add resources to the police. But it really doesn't do anything that Democrats have wanted or pushed for, like, you know, making it easier to prosecute cops. So in essence, it does little to save actual lives. No one has really ever accused Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer of being succinct, but he did approach it yesterday. So to Mitch McConnell's face, he said, quote, I want to ask the American people, I want to ask the Republican senators, who is a better guardian of the civil rights of African-Americans when it comes to police reform, the NAACP or Mitch McConnell? So don't get on your sanctimonious horse, Leader McConnell. You have none of the civil rights community behind you. Bars. (laughs) Straight fire. Uh, But since then, you know, Trump has mischaracterized the loss as Democrats trying to weaken the police. Look, if only that's really what they were full heartedly trying to do. Um, Later today, though, House Democrats are actually going to bring their bill to the floor where it's expected to pass. So we're going to be keeping an eye on that. But keeping in the theme of police and civil rights abuses, we also have an update on the Ahmaud Arbery case in Georgia. That's right. So the three men involved in the murder of Ahmad Arbery, one you'll remember is a former law enforcement officer and another is his son. Right. So they were indicted by a grand jury yesterday on murder charges in Georgia. Wanda Cooper Jones, Arbery's mother, says she's pleased with the direction the case is moving. I am, too. Uh, but I do think we all need to remember that the only reason that any of this is happening is because the video got out and really because a video existed at all. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to keep you all posted as the case progresses. But along with the push for accountability in the cases of Ahmad Arbery, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, we're also seeing a renewed push to revisit and reopen older cases of police violence. 
Yeah, and one prominent example is Elijah McLean, a 23-year-old black man who was killed in police custody in Aurora, Colorado. He was walking home last year from a convenience store, and police responded to a 911 call of a, quote, suspicious person. In arresting him, officers used a neck hold and called first responders to the scene who injected McLean with ketamine to, quote, sedate him. He had a heart attack and died days later. Yeah, local rallies were held at the time. Articles were published in local newspapers. But, uh, you know, I really like hate to say this. We know where this is going. The local DA cleared all the officers involved. And after a temporary leave, they are now all back on the job. Now... McLean's case is getting fresh attention. According to the Sentinel Colorado, the local DA's office has received over 10,000 emails in the last couple of weeks. That's compared to just two emails in the previous six months. And almost 2.5 million people have signed a change.org petition calling for a new investigation. At least people are paying attention. And now we're starting to see some kind of progress. Yeah, like some early signs. I mean, in the last couple of weeks in the city of Aurora, uh, they banned the use of neck holds, although ketamine injections are still allowed by first responders for some reason. And Colorado's Governor Jared Polis said he is now looking at intervening in the case. At the state level, Colorado just passed a big reform law last Friday to, among other things, end qualified immunity as a defense in state courts for police officers being sued for civil rights violations. So that makes Colorado the first state to eliminate it. Hmm. Individual officers can now be held liable for up to $25,000, which seems incredibly low, but at least it's a start. And that's the latest. It's Thursday, Wad Squad, and for today's Temp Check, we're talking about some important legal business. A Virginia judge has dismissed lawsuits brought by California rep Devin Nunes against two parody accounts that pretended to be his mom and a cow. He sued Twitter for $250 million, saying that the parody accounts nearly cost him his re-election, but the judge ruled that Twitter couldn't be held responsible for posts by its users. So Giddy, from your professional legal perspective, where did Nunes go wrong? Yeah, I wish that I could have prosecuted this case for (laughs) Mr. Nunez. Look, you got to show that this mom and a cow are a danger to you, you know, and they're posting information that could be embarrassing and could make you feel unsafe and, you know, could actually impact your election. I just frankly don't think that he proved that this innocent cow did much wrong in this case. For sure. And beyond that, you know, the burden of proof is on him to prove that he is actually like a likable person people would want to elect in the first place. And he has certainly not done that. So, right. uh, yeah, I think that there's a lot of mistakes happening on his behalf in this uh, in this case. But do you think that justice was served in I your mean, legal obviously. opinion? Yeah, I think that we should be able to shit post and troll Devin Nunes for the rest of our lives. That's our right as Americans. <laughs> like it's in the Constitution. And I, I plan on continuing to exercise that right and calling him dumb on Twitter when he says dumb things, which is pretty much every time he tweets. Yeah, I mean, for for me, purely from a legal standpoint, I definitely think that, you know, implementing the use of more animals to um, possibly, <laughs> embarrass yeah, embarrass him or send more posts <laughs> really just sort of lines up with classical legal theory and, and you know, doctrine that I actually learned pursuing my, my degree. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. That's that's how I remember it. Well, just like that, we have checked our temps. We are standing a cow account on Twitter. <laughs> Please stay safe, and we will check in with all of you again tomorrow.
What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S.com, promo code WAD, books, promo code WAD. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, fast-growing trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, and that's not because I have a green thumb, Okay. This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash WAD today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash WAD. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. The results from Tuesday's chaotic primaries are rolling in, and so far it's looking really good for progressive candidates in New York. Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez won her district's primary, ensuring her a smooth re-election. With a huge number of absentee ballots still rolling in, many races haven't been officially called yet. But former educator Jamal Bowman is currently beating incumbent House Democrat Elliot Engel by a landslide. And here's Bowman on our pod this week. People would be more involved in democracy if we engage them in our democracy. Everyone's voice is supposed to matter. Everyone's supposed to be involved um, and everyone's supposed to be engaged. That's right. In voting and also someone should marry me. But back to the <laughs> primary results. All right. In Kentucky, progressive candidate Charles Booker is trailing behind Democrat Amy McGrath to be the Democratic Senate candidate. And looking ahead to the presidential election, new polls show that Joe Biden is taking the lead over Trump with the support of white women and non-white voters. Plus, he's cutting into Trump's voting base among all male voters and white voters and people middle-aged or older. So get ready for November. 
yeah, it's almost every demographic. So good luck. Um, the company, <laughs> no luck. No yeah. luck. Don't. No well wishes. <laughs> no well wishes. Uh, the company behind Roundup Weed Killer will be paying over ten billion dollars to settle tens of thousands of legal claims. Bayer made the announcement yesterday after years of lawsuits filed by cancer patients claiming that the product caused non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. This $10 billion deal is one of the largest settlements ever made in the history of civil lawsuits. I know that from my legal degree. Even after all of this, Bear still claims that Roundup is still safe to use and plans to continue selling the product without adding any warning labels about its safety. Now, part of the settlement money will be used to create an independent panel to decide whether or not chemicals in the product do indeed cause cancer. I personally recommend holding off on Roundup and letting weeds devour your lawn until that panel has a firm answer. Honestly, the weeds can do whatever they want. So, (laughs) (sighs) vitamin and supplement store GNC, which is basically a straight guy's version of Sephora, (laughs) filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy this week with plans to close 1,200 of their 5,200 U.S. stores. For years, GNC has been telling us to slim down and tighten up, and they're finally following their own (laughs) advice. GNC has fought to pay off its nearly $1 billion in debt. This became impossible when COVID hit, leading them to close many of their stores and report a $200 million loss during the first quarter of the year. GNC is the sixth major U.S. retailer to file for bankruptcy since the pandemic began. Pour one out for them, and by one, I mean one large jug of plant-based birthday cake protein powder. (laughs) My morning drink of choice. Um, That sounds (laughs) wretched. Production of the new Amazon Lord of the Rings show is set to resume next month in New Zealand. The country formed a fellowship and put coronavirus back in Mount Doom. Now they can make fun TV shows again. To find actors for the show, one New Zealand casting agency made an unusual job posting this week. They asked for talent that was, quote, funky looking, by which they meant having long, skinny limbs, facial lines, large eyes, skinny faces, and or missing bones. Okay. Yeah. Be right back. Throwing away my bones so I can be in the next Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Tolkien fans are strong in numbers, so much so that a 2012 casting call for The Hobbit drew 3,000 extras and was shut down by police. They better not try that shit on me because the only laws I follow are the laws of Middle Freaking Earth. I'm so glad you read that headline instead of me. And those are the headlines. That's all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review. Don't sue us for $250 million and tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just J.R.R. Tolkien's high fantasy epic Lord of the Rings, like me, <laughs> What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Akila Hughes. I'm Gideon Resnick. And stay, and stay strong, strong GNC. GNC. Please keep being in that weird dark corner of the mall that I never visit. <laughs> you're going to live near that Auntie Anne's until you're old. <laughs> What a Day is a product of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Charlotte Landis. Sonia Tun is our assistant producer. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our senior producer is Katie Long. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made In Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made In Cookware. Shop chef-quality pots and pans at madeincookware.com. Vacations are always good. Sometimes they're even great. And Celebrity Cruises is about to ruin all of that. 
Because once you explore with us, you'll never want a vacation any other way. And with new Quick Caribbean Escapes, you'll never want a weekend any other way either. Celebrity Cruises. Nothing comes close. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Ships Registry, Malta and Ecuador.